Hey, everybody. This meeting is being recorded. You heard that from our staff. Yes, we've employed a staff to make robotic conversation on the lighter side of baseball. And uh, we are pleased to be waiting for none other than Craig Kashan on the lighter side of baseball to talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that's the lighter side of basketball. And what could be better with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, winning in six games, the NBA title. That'll be fun to talk a little bit about because uh, Craig not only did the post-game wrap-up show after game six, but he also did the pre-game show for the Brewers the very next day. Craig was in a lot better shape than apparently the starting pitcher. Uh, the press ridiculed him at the press conference uh, for uh, going to the basketball game and not getting ready for uh, the Brewers game. I think that was the starting pitcher louder, maybe. We'll check with Craig on that. Uh, the kid that didn't know who the owner was. <laughs> That's really good. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we'll visit with Craig about the deadline, the Brewers, and the other things that come up in baseball as they pop into my head. We did an earlier podcast today before Craig uh, was set to join the show, and that podcast will be aired here in the next couple of days. And the same with the podcast with uh, Craig. So we got a lot of things going on. Baseball's heating up. Uh, some of the exciting things are the Brewers continue to be hot, seven and three in their last 10 games. They got a seven and a half game lead over the Reds. There isn't any other race in the National League Central Division. We got the schedule for 2022, of which I won't care because I won't have any season tickets, but the uh, schedule is going to be just that. It'll be exciting. Uh, the National League Central will play the American League East. That means the Tampa Bay Rays and their broadcast team hopefully will travel. That would be none other than Dwayne Stats. And uh, we'll see if we can't get together with him and uh, talk a little bit of baseball on the fourth year of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And that'll be exciting. So we're going to uh, keep the lines open for Craig to call in. And then we will be off to the races with the voice of the Bucks and the Brewers, none other than our co-host from time to time, Craig Kishan. That lady that said the meeting's being recorded is also part of our new staff, which does not include our co-host. As I promised all you people out there, we got Craig Kishan back finally. I don't know how long it's been, Craig, but since then, uh, I've lost 35 pounds, I've gained 40 pounds, and the Bucks one and six. What do you think? <laughs> I, I'm impressed that you uh, that you lost the weight and gained the weight back because I think it's happened to all of us now. So I just went to get some new shirts and um, they uh, they had me on record from like two years ago. So they gave me that size and I came home and they were all pretty snug. <laughs> that was uh, so I called her back and I said, "Get the next size up. I'm coming back later this afternoon." <laughs> Oh my God. I always try to do the Joe DiMaggio diet, go 56 game, 56 days. This time I made it 35. And uh, then came the birthday of our great country on July 4th. I haven't stopped eating since then. So I think I've, uh, whatever, nobody cares what I do with my horrible diet, but let's talk baseball. Well, let's talk basketball. Tell us about that, man, because what an exciting time you had to have had with the Bucks and all the work you were doing for them. Yeah, it was quite a, uh, quite a stretch of time. Um, you know, the Bucks winning an NBA championship for the first time in 50 years and um, probably doing it ahead of schedule, you know, according to the, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo timeline. Um, you know, they signed him to a, a max deal that doesn't even kick in till next year. Uh, and that's a five-year deal. And, and, you know, you, you do that with superstars these days in sports and you, you really hope and pray that you get one championship during that stretch and they got it already. And I, I think they can, uh, set themselves up for, you know, at least a couple of more runs that way, which is kind of cool, but, um, it was neat for the city. Uh, it really was neat for the city. Um, and especially the timing of the year and stuff too. We don't usually play basketball, obviously, uh, well into July. And that was the case here. And, um, we have this thing called the deer district and they ended up packing probably, you know, 65,000 people down there for the, uh, the championship that was won rarely in the home city, by the way, uh, you know, the Cubs didn't even, couldn't even celebrate a uh, championship. They had to do it on the road. A lot of teams do or on neutral sites, but they were able to do it here in the city, which was really rare and really cool. We had the parade a couple of days later. We televised that never, never done a championship parade before. And, um, all kinds of great new experiences for this old guy over here. That's for sure. But uh, I'll cherish them, man. It's um, I, I never thought I'd see a, a championship in the city. I've been here all my life, you know, covering the these two teams. And maybe we'll get one with the Brewers before it's over. Who knows? Well, I figured you would have been around for the 57 championship Milwaukee Braves, but I guess maybe you're. My dad was, but not me. <laughs> so first of all, I'm very impressed that you can pronounce Giannis's name as brilliantly as you can. And I'm sure you said it at every show on every occasion doing the, I know you were doing the post game shows. I watched those, but I thought maybe we could make it through the entire podcast without mentioning the word Cubs, but apparently that's not going to be the case. Well, way to bring it up. Although it's my fault. I brought it up. You brought it up. They had yeah. a parade. They had a big rally. I left town for that. I left Cleveland after game six because I knew they would never win game seven. They had this closer named Araldus Chapman, who the Yankees were able to get Gliber Torres from. So they gave us a great closer and we gave them our best prospect. The situation was reversed this year. The Cubs gave up the top closer in baseball and Kimbrell. And they got, you know, a second baseman of which we've got like 12 second baseman in that. I keep saying we, I'm not a we. So anyway, we'll get to Sounds that. Sounds like you are a we. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I, I need a we. I'll be back in a minute. But um, <laughs> man, it's good to talk to you. It's been a long time and your brewers are just kicking butt. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it really is pretty amazing how they've taken control of this division. Um, I, I mean, I'm. You know, you know, the funny thing about it is uh, they they did it while the Cubs still had all their prime guys, too. And and um, Cincinnati's trying to hang in it. But I, I just don't see that happening. But I, I never saw this division turning out the way we're seeing it right now. And I know there's still two months left and a lot of things could change. But um, I think they're they've added so well to their depth and they. They just didn't go out and reach for guys when they made trades. They they had a really nice strategic way of going about getting guys in here and really good fits. And um, I'm just marveled at what I'm seeing right now because I'm telling you, in person, this team is as tight as any team 
that I could ever compare to in any team I've ever covered at any level. Um, so, uh, and they're talented too. So I think um, they're flying under the radar though, Jamie, I'm telling you, nobody nationally is, they're just looking at the standings. Oh, the Brewers are in first and uh, that's a terrible division and the Cubs traded all their guys. And that's exactly kind of how things are summed up, but it's, it's not like that here. They're, they've got a legitimate chance of doing something really, really special in the postseason. Well, it seems to me that what kicked in, not, not really looking at the trades right away, but what kicked in was your starting pitching really, you know, came to fruition. I mean, you have three and a half great starting pitchers and, you know, that's really all you need. If those guys are all on, you may think you have five great starting pitchers. I'm, I count three and a half, but, um, and the, <laughs> you, you, I don't know if you had to be aware of this. Eh, you probably weren't. I've, I've told everybody how you worked the, uh, deep into the early morning hours on the post game show after the Bucks won the uh, NBA title. And then the next day you, I think you did the pregame and postgame at the, for the Brewers, right? I'm yeah, sure. it was a day game. Yeah, I mean, and I've told you, you should be the Lou Gehrig award winner for the Ironman. <laughs> I was and also I, celebrating till five in the morning, too, by I, the way. I'm glad you should have been. But yeah. I don't know how awake you were for that. I'm assuming you were mildly awake. But during the course of your uh, broadcasts, the production crew will, uh, will fade to the... Uh, uh, fade to different cuts and and the funniest cut after the game was of the starting pitcher was that lauer or louder or whatever the guy's name is Lauer, yeah yeah so you know he to his credit i guess mlb requires you have to go out there and get questions but to his credit he's out there answering questions and then somebody said hey i understand the whole team was at the game last night yeah that's right well don't you think it would have been better if you'd been in bed instead of at the game well, I don't think so. We were focused for the game and, you know, we just lost a tough game. Well, you know, what were you doing at the game? Well, our owner, um, whose name I can't remember right now. And then, Mark Antonazio. <laughs> did you, were you hearing any of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I was laughing. I was on the floor laughing. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> we, we, honestly, we all thought there was no way he was at that, uh, in the suite or at the game, they, they had at least half the team there, if not more at that Bucks championship game. And, um, good for them. So there they were, there they were, uh, going after it. So, but yeah, they, if nothing else, our, t our team is honest, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, Antonazio, I don't know who signs this check and it probably is a direct deposit, but at any rate, I found that, that incredibly funny. And uh, anyway, that was that. He seemed like a good kid. I think he's was new to the team. So um, anyway, so let me ask you this. Do you think that what's your opinion of the uh, trade deadline uh, period and then moving from August 31st to July 30th? Um, I actually like just having the one trade deadline that we just had. I, I haven't been a huge fan of why there would why you necessarily had to have two trade deadlines. I, I think the second one in August um, 
I can't even remember how it was set up in the past. Maybe, maybe, you know, but um, I, I, it just seemed like because baseball has such layers and layers and layers of um, um, ways to keep players and, and who's on a 40 man and all that kind of stuff. It just seemed like there was really no reason to have two tra trade deadlines, just have the one and then, and then play it out. I, I like the fact that, you know, basically you can have, you know, um, not play 90, 95 or a hundred games, make, make all the trades you want. And then after that, the teams are pretty well set for the final two months of the season. I think that's very fair. I, my record, my thinking is, and, and I would normally defer to you, but since we're on a podcast together, I'll, I'll take a different twist. I think the up until a year or two ago, the trade deadline was the 31st of August, and the owners complained because when they'd rented a player, they only rented him for you know that month, and they had to have the deal done by the 31st because if you're not on the roster by the first day of September, you can't be in the playoffs. So I my idea, I don't think they had two simultaneously i think they just moved it up but i'm an advocate i hate it i don't you know for the we talked about doing a little discussion on the winners and the losers which we can do the losers are the fans i mean plain and simple and yeah sour grapes my cubbies got decimated but um and it's better than football where you can get a guy after the fourth round of the playoffs and bring him in for the super bowl which you know, number one isn't very fair to the other guys on the team. And number two, I can't figure it out. But in baseball, you know, you have the shuffle the deck. So if you're going to shuffle the deck once, why don't you just shuffle the deck, you know, a few more times? Because, well, you know what? I, I, what, in thinking about this, I, I think I remembered what the August 31st trade deadline was. And I, I think that, I think the difference with the one in the past was, um, the July 31 trade deadline was, was completely open. And I think the August 31st trade deadline was, uh, you had to, um, in order to trade somebody, he had to be basically put on waivers. Right. And it, and anybody could claim them. And so you could block trades that way. And I think, and then those became side sides show circus you know, things. And, and I, I don't think for the integrity of the game, it was very good. Um, I've never liked it that way. I think if, you know, if you're able to clear and make a good trade, fine. I'm not complaining because in 1982, you know, uh, we got Don August for the final month of the season. And if the Brewers didn't have him in 82 for the, for making, for making what seven starts, I think they never would have made it to the world series. So I get that, but I, I think the, all these extra layers or rules that they used to have could go away. Um, and they just, for whatever decide, they decided to have the whole thing go away. Yeah. I think now you like, you got Axford after the trade deadline. Well, he, so here's another stupid layer of the rule. It uh, we only got him because he was not on a 40 man roster. So if players aren't on 40 man rosters, but they're in somebody's minor league system, they can be traded. That's that's how we got him, and I think that's how the Dodgers just signed Cole Hamels. Yeah, he was he was not on anybody's team, but I do think that 
for example, the Cubs could put Jason Hayward on waivers today. Now, I could be wrong. Uh, could put him on waivers today. Nobody in their right mind would pick him up. And once you clear waivers, I think you can be traded. Or you yes, know, you can, but the club the club has to pay for him right. to do that, and then and then they don't get anything back. Ah, so you know, because you're 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 sending them out there. You're like, okay, uh, guess what? You've done a lot for organization, Jason, and you have a year or two left to your contract. We're going to cover that. We're going to send you out, and whoever claims you, you know claims you and then you're making the the minimum with them and um and then maybe down the road those two teams can you know pay each other back or whatever um but yeah that that and that will happen that's going to happen there's plenty of time left for that and that's where the the designated for assignment comes in i guess a dfa and then yeah you know that that's still ridiculous but the bottom line is nowadays um you know, it's a big deal as a, and I don't think it's pro fan, but it's certainly fans get excited. Uh, if they're on the buyer side of the deal, if they're on the seller side of the deal, it's not so much fun. And the, with the Cubs, you know, like I go back to the, again, another example of how Jed Hoyer got hosed, uh, when the Cubs needed pitching, they went to the white Sox and, and worked out a deal for Jose Quintana. And to get Jose Quintana, the Cubs gave up Eloy Jimenez. So in two deals, they give up Jimenez and Torres. And in another, you can compare any two deals that they just made. They they were getting the number nine and ten prospects in the organizational chart, not yeah. not Major League Baseball chart. So right, who knows? Um, I think it all could have been avoided if Ricketts wasn't such a, a greedy guy and um, uh, interested in buying real estate around Wrigley instead of paying for at least two of those three guys. And, and, uh, and they it, really... it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It, and, you know, you're closer to it than I am. But I mean, it's it's a pretty, pretty obvious, well-known storyline of billionaire historic club development. Um, you, you won a world championship. There's no reason. There's no reason the Cubs should not have been at a second world series after, after the first one. I mean, not, not with that group. I mean, that's ridiculous. Or at least competitive and hitting more than 120 against starting pitching and 145 with runners in scoring position. Um, they and they, you know, reference compare that to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who win win a World Series or win a pennant, and instead of going south like the Royals have done and like the uh, um, Nationals did, and go, hey guys, we won the World Series, now we're going to rebuild and see if we can do that again. The Dodgers just pour it on. They could give a darn about that luxury cap, and and I think. I just think that um, that's a good way to be, but if you, you know, if you did what I did and that, if what I suggest, and that's have a more even salary structure so that everybody's forced to pay at least a hundred million, you're not going to have this kind of crap. You're going to have more equitable pay and guys aren't going to, aren't going to jump, but I don't know. I mean, 
you know, if you don't assign these guys, sell the damn team. Yeah, I mean, it that that is it, it's very strange. It, it it is just very strange because let's face it, what's the first question that you would have asked anybody if you were sitting in a bar having a beer and Sports Center was on at the bar at the end of the trade deadline night, and you saw your three position players, let alone your closer, but just your three position players that they traded away. And you said, to, you know, Joe Mo, man, I'd take those three guys uh, on my team. We'd win a championship. Well, they, <laughs> they've been on the same team for how long? And when's the last time they went to the World Series? I mean, that's my whole point. Like, they're, they're, uh, they're a fearsome threesome, and they're still in their prime. So, and I, I t- I'll tell you what, I'd take, at the very least – I would have kept Rizzo and Bryant at the very least. I, I think Baez is a little inconsistent, but those two other guys are are as consistent as it comes. No, and I, I mean, I think you could make a great case for keeping any of them. Baez sold For sure. Them. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you, if you, I contend if you had a Yadier Molina kind of a hitting coach, he could get across to Baez that you don't have to swing for a home run all the time. That, you know, you can – you know, shorten up your swing during certain times in the game and and uh, become a better hitter instead of this, you know, wild swing and maybe the ball get in the way of the bat. Um, so those guys, but so there's your 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 first baseman, your shortstop, third baseman are, are gone. Um, you've got um, the right before the uh, last year, they they get rid of Schwarber for nothing nothing they they get rid of nick castellanos for nothing uh and so you've in the course of the last few six months schwarber castellanos bryant baez rizzo and then jock peterson who they traded for and 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 dumped for a kid hitting 205 in high a ball and then you've give up Trevor Williams, who's a good number four or five. You give up Jake Marisnik, who's a pretty good outfielder, and uh, Tapera. So you, you have given up Tapera. They gave up Chafin, and they gave up Kimbrell. There's seven, eight, nine inning. And, uh, you know, what would you expect? Well, they're blowing whatever lead they can get. They're, they're uh, again, I don't want to get all worked up, but they are no better than a double-A team right now, if that. Right. And, and I think that, you know, the surprising thing, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know all the details of the minor league guys they got, but, um, you know, like you're saying, if, if they're going after, if their return is organizational's 9, 10, 15th guy and not, and not minor league baseball ranking guys like that, I mean, those are, those are what you should be getting in return, Um minimum for a couple of, you know, minimum for Rizzo, minimum for Bryant, probably minimum for Baez. Uh, You could argue Kimbrell, uh, the way he's been able to come back this year and return to old form too. That, 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 that's alarming to me because the reason you choose to sell off like that is to replenish. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure from what I am seeing that the replenishment is going to be there. No. Now Kimbrell had another year of club options. So you're getting, you're getting in for this year and next year. And then well, that, that return should have been high. 
it should have been, and they got Madrigal, who's not a, he's a, he's, he's hurt. He's on the injured list. You don't know how he's going to recover. He's hitting 300, but he's a banjo hitter and they've got Nico Horner. They paid Bodie. They signed Bodie after he hit one of these spectacular home runs. They paid him 15 million bucks. They paid Bodie 15 yeah. million. The guy's hitting a buck 50. So yeah. my, really my point is this, and if, if it was so hopeless, I, I guess if whatever it was, hopeless, maybe a little bit of, of hope, Hoyer and Ricketts and Theo either should have or did know that a year and a half ago when these guys had more value. So, what you know, if, if you, it's hopeless, if you believe what Hoyer said, these guys just don't want to, they never talk to us about a counter, that conversation should have happened before the trade deadline of the last year before they're a free agent. It, I mean, what am I missing here? Yeah. I mean, if they, if they thought they were worth twice as much as the original offer um, and there's no way you thought that uh, as an owner or a GM, you're right. They're a huge mistake not to, not to trade them last off season and, um, and say, you know what, this is how we're starting. And then, and then during the offseason, you make those deals and chances are you're going to be able to bring in potentially a, a veteran or two along the way in some of those deals and maybe some higher higher stake minor league guys. And then you haven't lost your fans. I don't know if you'll ever lose your fans, but they're going to lose they're going to lose some fans here right now. And and they're also they lost some respect along the way and they're further behind the eight ball trying to rebuild by waiting yeah. this late into the next season. Yeah. The fans are basically reduced to tourists. I, I'll go to the game and I'll never see the same people there anymore. Like unlike the way it was in 2016, number two, I had tickets for the diamondbacks game, uh, like a week or two before the trade deadline, $284 a ticket, you know? Yeah. They're behind wow. the visitors dugout. But give me a friggin' break, two eighty four, and so the uh, the other thing is the uh, average Cub fan wants to go and drink beer. You can't get beer very fast anymore because it's all you got seventy five year old uh, vendors trying to do credit card deals on their little on their little machine they're given. It's 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 kind of funny, but yeah, you know what's funnier? And I I mentioned this to you maybe in a phone call or in a text. If, if, if the Cub fans have a right to be pissed, although I don't think anybody cares, um, but the fans that ought to really be like never, ever spend another nickel on a baseball team are the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, <laughs> I, okay. I mean, they're, 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 uh, they're the triple A, double A team coming in, you know, every week. It's crazy. If, if you go back and this is the only prep I did. If you go back to 2017 and 2018, if the general manager and the owner had decided to go to Casablanca together and just give the CFO the checkbook and say, Hey dude, negotiate the best you can. Garrett Cole. Um, Glass now, Musgrove, Malensicom, Nova, Trevor Williams. Um, then they had Starlin Marte, uh, McCutcheon. 
They lost Polanco. They lost Austin Meadows, Josh Harrison, Josh Bell, Adam Frazier. Um, there's a, how do you, how, how do you have a fan? That's, that's a dynasty right there. Yeah. And, and, and somewhere along the line, what did they go to two wild cards with, with a, a chunk of those guys? That was it. And then they traded Clint Hurdle like he, boy, you hurt this team. I mean, jo- just Josh Bell and um, Polanco and Marte right there, Glass now, Nova and Cole. Anyway, that, that's, yeah. as a Cub fan, I feel better. I mean, the Pirates are, the, yeah, that's a, that's a storied franchise going back to Bill Mazeroski. And, and, and you know what? Like my kids are in their 20s and they'd never know it. They'd af- they'd absolutely have to do their homework and research of the history of the game, and and they would be shocked. Yeah, and and I think I think the Cincinnati Reds same thing. Right. You, you yeah. know, you take you take a look at the. I get these. Um, I follow on Twitter some of the historic um, uh, um, sites on social media and stuff because I, I just like to see that in baseball and and you know this date in history or whatever it is. And it is amazing to me how many um, social media posts involve the Reds and the Pirates, you know, from the original days of baseball uh, right up through, you know, the heydays of the 70s. And then after that, I know the Reds went to a World Series one or two, maybe with Ken Griffey Jr., but it's been that long for them. And it's been since 79 for the Pirates. So decades and decades ago. Well, you know, the Reds, the Oakland A's were a powerhouse uh, after they left Kansas City. But but of the more traditional teams that one would think of back in the 60s and 70s, Detroit, the Tigers and the Orioles, Baltimore Orioles. That that, uh, that lawyer who bought the uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, has he should be there. There should be a way to throw out these guys. Um the you know god the proud history of brooks robinson and Quayar and palmer and boog powell and on and on and on and the same with detroit with freehand and k-line and oh norm cash and all these guys and uh you know so i think the uh one of the winners let's talk a little bit about some of the winners that we might be remotely familiar with. And the first one is the Milwaukee Brewers. You're probably a little familiar with those guys. Yeah, I think I may know a player or two on that team. Uh, How about Rowdy? Tell me about Rowdy. What a great name. Rowdy Telez. Uh, yeah. Never heard of the guy before uh, he was traded over. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't real familiar with Willie Adamas before he was traded over in, in May from Tampa. Uh, Telez came from Toronto. Um, uh, I knew of Eduardo Escobar, but really seeing him once or twice a year because it was either with the Twins or Arizona. Right. Did not know the impact of Adamas, did not know the impact of Escobar um, that, that we'd be seeing with this club right now. Um, and then Telez was a 205 hitter this season and has come to Milwaukee and hit 340 matched his home runs, doubled his RBIs from his previous team. 
So, you know, it might be, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle for maybe him. I'm not sure because that's not what his media guide says he hits. But um, the Brewers had zero production at first base. So they put him there every day and he's done well. And, and they've added, um, you know, an Escobar and Adamas, they've added uh, some tremendous, tremendous leadership and energy. Um, and, and let's face it, a lot of these teams, uh, including the Brewers, the Cubs, whoever we're talking about, the, the Latin presence is, um, is very, very strong. And uh, the current makeup and chemistry of, of these guys on this Brewer team right now is like second to none. So they're, they're kind of the heart and soul of the team right now. And, um, you know, top to bottom, they've become deeper offensively, which they needed to do. Um, but you know, they, they still have zero production from Kristen Yelich. Um, I don't know what the last two months are going to hold. He's supposed to come off the COVID list, uh, this weekend, potentially, um, you know, Keston here, they've sent back to triple I'm not sure we're going to see him again. Um, uh, so it's, it's, uh, they, they've added some key pieces and like in Adamus's case, uh, I think they've got control over him for another two years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Escobar is going to be a free agent. They, they may make a run at him. Uh, I don't know, um, but we'll see. So, and their starting pitching, as you know, Jamie, has been off the charts. They're, they're the first team that went to a six-man, a true six-man rotation, and it's, it's helped everybody. They've got three all-stars on the front end. They've got three pitchers on the back end that, uh, nobody's ERA is higher than three, two, I think right now out of the back three. So, I mean, there, that, that gets you to world series challenging right there. No, it does. And it shows and there. And obviously the bullpen, even though they keep reinventing it a little bit and tweaking it a little bit, um, you know, the, the pitching has been the key. The, the brewers are in some deep holes in terms of the offensive, uh, uh, comparison to uh, team statistics with hits and runs scored. And my new favorite is combining runs scored and runs driven in. Uh, I, I took that over as my leading indicator after your buddy Shrimp Scampy or Boog Scampy or whatever said, you know, I'm not an RBI guy. It doesn't mean a thing about RBIs. Well, baloney, it doesn't mean a thing about. But if you combine runs and, and RBIs, and I'll give you the answer, the guy that's leading Major League Baseball, but it's not even close, is the uh, uh, the kid up in uh, up in Toronto. Unbelievable, unbelievable. The son, yeah. of the, the son of the Hall of Famer Guerrero. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it, that that's a key. That is a key stat because when when Christian Yelich won his MVP in in twenty eighteen and made another run in twenty nineteen, um, I mean, if you if you can get on base. You're you're helping your team because someone's bringing you around to score. Right. I think Christian Yelich led the league in runs scored and RBIs, or was pretty was top five for sure. He won two batting titles during that stretch as well. But I mean, it, it's more than just hitting a home run. Um, it's it's doubles, it's the extra base hits, it's the singles, it's drawing walks, and if you can come around and score off of that, that's huge. Yeah, I mean these sabermetricians are off you know, on exit velo and launch angle and all this other crap. It's, 
you forget OBPS or what all these other little goofy. It's you got to score runs and you got to knock in runs. And if you don't, you know, your value is going to go down. But the Brewers, I value RBIs. I, I, I don't get that statement. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But I don't get much of what what he says. But that's another. I've got about 20 things I'm. I've been eternally upset about with the Cubs and, and getting rid of WGN and going to marquee sports network. And for the life of me, I don't know why Len Casper left the Cubs. Although maybe he and Theo got together and said, these guys suck. Let's get out of here. He goes to the white Sox had lunch with my good friend, the owner. And he goes, I, for the life of me, don't know why Casper came over here. He took a pay cut of 50%. And I said, well, you know, how much money do you need? He said he was wanted to do playoff baseball and, uh, you know, he's got his kids taken care of. So God love him. I think that's, uh, that's, that's great. But, um, well, and he's probably, um, and I, I certainly don't want to speak on his behalf, but I, I think, you know, when you leave TV and you go to radio, you are, you have a lot more control of, uh, what you do, and you have a lot more control of the content uh, on what you're responsible for. Um, and it's not that way in television. So, you know, I, I'm sure that he's in a better place right now. I talked to him when he came up, uh, when the White Sox were in town, and he seemed uh, very happy um, and certainly no regrets on, on the transition he made, that's for sure. No, and 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 you know he's just a professional. He's a good. He's yes, just, for sure. He's good, and you know, he's no euchre. But God, can you just make sure euchre lives to be one hundred and fifty? Because there's just <laughs> there's just uh, no better. You know, he he just does the game, and on every now and then he'll throw in something, but it's it's quick and it's it's a great melody, and he's he's the best. And then the same guy as Al Michaels, and and. And stats. I wanted to ask Dwayne why in the world they got rid of Willie Adamas, but you know it, it was your game. So, um, well, think- they had a they had their. I think their top prospect was a shortstop, and and he was ready to come up. And so, well, that, that's that's why I love that. I laugh because they're like the Cubs. Well, we'll just go out and get another Chris Bryant, a Javi Baez, and Rizzo. That's okay. We'll. We're going to retool and go get more of those guys, better guys. And it's like, you know, I mean, go out and get another hack Wilson. I don't think so. It's not going to, I don't know. You know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so uh, disgruntled, but you, you'd, you'd be disappointed if I wasn't pissed. Of course I would. I I like it when you, you smile when you're grumpy. So that's good. (laughs) The, uh, the other team that kind of faded was the Nats. How do you get rid of Trey Turner and Scherzer? I, and and what they get in return, by the way? I don't think they got anything. Here, here's my thing. Like, I, I'm not pretending that I know the minor league system very well, but I, I mean, these aren't – I think I know it well enough and watch the right shows where no one's talking about these prospects that that these teams got in return for these these absolute Hall of Famers or – at least all stars that have been traded. Like that's what I don't get, but maybe, maybe with the way the pandemic uh, affected minor league baseball last year, and then they only had five rounds of drafts. They only had 20 rounds this year. 
maybe it's it's harder to gauge that and put these minor league guys on a pedestal right now than it was earlier. I'm not sure um, that that might have something to do with it, but it's uh, ah, man. I, I don't know. You know, the Dodgers keep adding to their team and it's just stunning to me, you know, how that continues, you know, but we'll see what happens. I, we, I, we close out against the Dodgers in LA, the final three games of the year. Well, and I, you know, one of the great reasons that Craig Kashan comes on the show and, and imparts his wisdom is just for that point he just raised. And that's the pandemic. Nobody can judge the effect of not having minor league baseball or a deep draft. And, and that's a great point that I had kind of glossed over because it, it's not going to make me feel better. <laughs> it's just, you know, the deal is done and, and it started with Schwarber and then it went to Darvish. They gave away Darvish. They got, they got your guy, Zach Davies, who's a nice number five or a number six, if that. But I mean, when you and I can throw harder than three of the starters, that's a bad deal. It's probably a bad deal. It's I'm bad, with you there. I'm it's with a bad you. deal. So who, okay, here we are. We're about 105, 110 games in. We got about another month and two thirds to go. Uh, the Brewers are going to take their division. The um, East is up for grabs and the West is up for grabs in the, uh, in the east and the west of the National League, what what do you think? Um, I I think I, I you know the Giants are coming into Milwaukee this weekend, and it's going to be the first time I'm going to see them firsthand. Um, they've done an incredible job of staying on top of their division that you know clearly they weren't a part of. Uh, according to all the national experts, when we started on April 1st this year, they weren't even a part of the West. It was all about San Diego, it was all about the Dodgers. And, and San Diego and Los Angeles, uh, at this point, all of they've done is try to improve their team and add on, add on, add on, spend money. And right now they're the two wild card qualifiers. Yeah. That makes me laugh pretty dang hard, to be honest with you. Um, I think the Giants are are built, quite, quite honestly, very similar to um, how the Brewers have been built this year. Um, they don't they don't have a a ton of um, new additions to their team. I know they got Chris Bryant, and that was a great pickup. Uh, but they've relied on some guys like uh, like uh, Buster behind the plate. Um, Brandon Bill. I mean, guys have been that have been around that team for a while and stuff that maybe they had a down year or two, but um, there's a system in place there. And I never knew Gabe Kapler was going to be a, a manager when he was a player with the, with the Brewers. And I can't remember if he was, a did he play for the Cubs too, Gabe Kapler? I think everybody, kind of, you know, the but anyway, they're, they're just, they're just a really, really solid team. And they, they have, they have guys in the right places. And, and I think the Brewers are the same way. So um, I'm hoping that, that it's going to be San Francisco and Milwaukee in the NLCS by the time it's over. Yeah. I think the, um, they just need to get Hunter Pence back on the team to complete that. Uh, wacky yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how many Cub fans do you think are going to show up at uh, Miller fam field? 
over the weekend that cheer on Chris Bryant. I bet quite a few, buddy. That's cool. Well, we'll see. I mean, that was, um, you know, when the Cubs traded everybody away, um, I don't know if it was you that texted me or I had a few texts that uh, they said, well, there, there goes uh, home field advantage for the Cubs the next time they come to Milwaukee because there's no way people are going to spend money on the Cubs coming up here, that's for sure. But I, I, maybe maybe some people come up and, uh, and cheer him, but it's going to be a fun weekend. I know that. I, I think right now people are, have a really good, at least in our city, they have a really good taste of the playoffs with what the Bucs uh, were able to accomplish yeah. with their championship. And, and the Brewers have been in first place uh, for a long, long time now. And, and I think people are really believing this team can do some, something special as well. Well, hopefully our good friend Brian Ward can be making a little money with all this playoff activity in Milwaukee at his Ward's House of Prime, which is not a sponsor, by the way. We, we need to get him in. We do. We do. We need to do a show from there. We'll do our wrap-up when we go through what we, who we picked to win. I think the uh, Giants got a boost with Bryant, and I think, you know, as far as Cap, or when he – got the boot from Philly. I mean, he was a transcendental kind of guru guy that didn't exactly have a good exit interview. And apparently uh, the Giants folks with their new general manager and a new president liked him. And I mean, I think they're in the running for the playoffs, although I think the Dodgers are going to end up winning the division. And then it's a question of whether the Padres throw up on themselves or if they can hold off uh, and get into the, get into the playoffs. I guess the Padres and the Giants could be in the playoffs as the wild card, right? I guess. Got to have two. Well, I mean, those three teams out West are, are going to qualify. I mean, they just are. You know, you know I, I can't imagine either one of those threes falling on their face and not at least being a wild card. Cincinnati and Philly are, are kind of coming on. I agree with you on Cincy. I don't think they have the, the pitching, but, oh, my goodness gracious, do they have an offense in a little bitty – the more games they can play in that little ballpark, the better they'll be. But Philadelphia's coming on pretty strong. All of a sudden, Harper's uh, actually playing pretty good baseball. And, uh, you know, in the American League, the Yankees are coming on strong. Uh, the Red Sox are a surprise. The A's are always a surprise. The Rays, hell, I don't know. I mean, it's going to, I guess it's going to be fun. Uh, as a demonstration, as an example of the, collapse of the Cubs I had kept all three games for this weekend which features the legendary White Sox Cub game at Wrigley Field before the trade deadline I sold Friday night for a pretty you know actually above face value which rarely happened as soon as the trade deadline, I can't give those tickets away for Saturday and Sunday I is that right it. yeah so wow. uh, the last thing before I let you go is anybody traveling from the Brewers broadcast teams? Do the uh, radio guys go on the road? The ra the radio guys go on the road, and Except that's it. Uke. Just two of them. Yeah, you and you doesn't travel though, so Yuke's at home. And have they told you because you are the man in the know why they distinguish between letting the radio guys go and not the TV guy? No. I mean, it doesn't make any, it's not like, well, we got a production guy and we got a lot more guys. I don't know. I don't get that. It could, it could be part of that, but I, I honestly am not, I don't know if it's a numbers thing. Uh, 
Um, I, I'm not 100% sure. It would be. So with the times that I fill in during play-by-play are when the team's on the road. So, you know, I go to the ballpark and sit in the booth and watch, watch the game off the monitor and call it off the monitor. It would be, you know, it, it's fine. The system that they have set up is as good as it can be, but it, it still cannot match being in person and calling a game. It just can't. Let so I hope you. we can get back next year. Let me say you do a really good job, period. I'm not just saying that because you're the only guy that will come on my show, but you do a really good job. And <laughs> the the other question is, how difficult is that? Because somehow you guys pump in noise. So it sounds like you're at the game, amazingly. Like if I if I turned on a game on my monitor and got on a got on Zoom and said, hey, it's fly ball deep, there'd be no crowd noise. It'd be like I was in a closet. You guys sound like you're right there at the game. It's pretty, it's amazing technologically. Yeah, well, they're taking everything from the ballpark. Um, you know, the the home team is responsible for the broadcasts for both teams now. The home team is. And so they're providing all the pictures, all the audio. Um, we have one camera um, on the road that is designated just for our purposes. And then we have to use the rest of the home team's cameras, and we use all of their audio, um, and then they match up our audio. Uh, I, I don't know how they can get it so perfect, but it is, you're right, it's like we're there. And yeah. it, so it's not can... an easy technology. It's not easy at all, but they have but they have done it. And, um, and so, you know, we have it in our headsets, Jamie, like we're there. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm calling the game and I look down on our field and it's empty. And I'm like, well, because you, know, you can hear the fans. It feels like they're right in front of you. Yeah. And, uh, and then you end up calling it off the monitor. The only times that, uh, that it, it, it does get in the way is if there is something happening on the field that is not in the frame of your uh, program. We call it the program camera. The one they're not camera, but the program uh, feed that you see at home. Um, and then sometimes you have to look at, we have another big giant monitor that has little monitors of different camera angles and getting used to that. Um, I'll give you, for instance, most of the shots that we have, uh, are from center field. When the pitcher's pitching to the batter, he hits the ball off the bat from that angle you don't know what field it's going to. You just see the ball leaving, unless he really pulls it. Right. A lot of times if it's popped up, even if it's to right or center, you're not sure where it's going. Uh, but I look on another monitor that they have uh, positioned behind home plate and another one that they have positioned uh, above the stadium that shows the whole field. And I can quickly see what outfielder is moving. Is moving. And then, then you can kind of marry in the call of, you know, he hits it to left, you know, this one's deep. And, and you can see, like, if, if the fielder's on the run, he's going to the wall, sometimes you don't know if it's a home run off the bat, right? Sure. And, and they don't always have the flight of the ball um, unless there's a replay on, a, on another camera that's designated to it. So you just have to marry – different monitors and pictures in but but when you're at the ballpark all that stuff's right in front of you you're, you're calling live action so that that's been the biggest difference 
Well, and of course, from a fan standpoint, listening to the game and watching it, you know, watching the uh, the uh, the game on TV, it it seems like you guys are there. I mean, it really does. And you yeah, got, oh, there's no question. I agree. You've got the audio that the home team, you know, somehow picks up the crowd noise. I know the Cubs have a giant microphone behind home plate that picks up, you know, the organ player and the PA guy. And so yeah. there's like- a lot of microphones put. I mean, they 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 wedge them into the um, outfield walls. Wow. You know the in, in the seams of the padding. It's amazing where they they put audio around all the ballparks now. But uh, I'd love to take credit for that 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 whole marriage. But uh, that that is all in our great production teams that we have in every city. Man, they do a terrific job. Well, when I'm in Wisconsin, it's always a treat to uh, to watch my buddy do the game and think a little bit about our good friend Nelly. And uh, we will we certainly you know thanks a lot for taking the time. I know you got a your schedules. My busy. I, I have to plan my nap during the day. You have to plan how, <laughs> how to uh, prepare for for the show. But uh, you know it's always a treat. And I assume you're not coming to Chicago for the brew. I mean. Number one, even if you could, why would you? Is anybody? No, you're not going out there for that, are you? Not, not to work. I don't, there, so that's on. That's next week. Is that right? Yeah, I think Monday through Thursday, big four games at Wrigley. Put yeah, that, no, I won't be there. Put, put that in the left hand column for the uh, the crew. We'll see, know. man. Got to play it out. Well, you got to face one away the other day to the Pirates, so you never know. What's that? We oh, gave one got- away to the Pirates the other day. Well, and the God, the Royals are beating the White Sox like a drum. Oh my God. Nine yeah. to one last night beat Giolito. I mean, they can't, they're like 40 games below 500 and they've won 10 out of 11 with the White Sox. It's amazing. It, it, it is funny, but uh, those I'll are the to- ones where you're happy that you're not in a tight race. In like, what are the White Sox up nine, nine and a half? Yeah. You know, and half their team still hurt. I think yeah. Leroy came back for a game and then hurt his hammy. Unbelievable. Uh, well, don't go away. Let me uh, let me hold on here, buddy. And there you have it, folks. The legendary Craig Kishan coming through as always with one great hit after another. And uh, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, that's the scoop on the lighter side. Now, can you hear the, the grounds crew here is cleaning off the leaves? And as Craig reminded me, that happens sometimes during their post-game show when the ground crew comes out we got that going on so for all you loyal listeners i know you're sick and tired of hearing me alone so we got you craig kishan today we'll try to get you somebody else for next week and you know i'm still having fun so we're going to keep burning it and the lighter side of baseball until then stripe it down the middle gang later <laughs>